Hello everybody, Dr. Rick Wallace dropping in on you. Look, I hope that you guys are having a great start to your week. Uh, I'm going to drop in on you. That's something I want to talk to you about. Normally I would do this on my YouTube channel for the Odyssey Project, The Black Voice. Uh, but I'm going to actually do it live here on Facebook. Then I'll move it over to YouTube a little later in the day. But I just want to kind of take a little time to talk about this because there's so much misinformation and cloaked information that is actually being spread uh, throughout social media. And what I want to do is I want to give some clarity and I want to challenge uh, as many people as watch as who uh, see this. I want to challenge you to be more invested in reading and researching and understanding what is taking place in the world that you have to live in. Uh, you cannot be in this day and time where information is literally at your fingertips and in your pocket at a time where anyone, almost everyone in America uh, over the age of 10 is literally walking around with a computer in their pocket. It is absolutely unacceptable for us to be walking around in ignorance about things that impact us and trusting those who are spreading the information to give it to us in a way that we understand it and that we can process it and that we can make decisions that will uh, be a positive impact for us. We have to do a better job of understanding how things work. We have to do a better job of learning and reading and developing a perspicacity uh, or understanding of how things work. It's that simple. So uh, we uh, definitely in the state of Texas, I believe, uh, Arizona, Florida, California, uh, there's this uh release of new numbers that talk about this second wave of the vi the COVID virus, right? And it's talking about how much the numbers have gone up. And there's this big push in the media that highlights this. And it is, you know, it's it's been followed by a lot of mandates. It's been followed by uh, reversals of openings and a bunch of other stuff. And there's also the big discussion about mandatory masks and you know and i've weighed in on it and different things and i've tried to share information but here's what i want to do i want to put it in perspective you take what you you take it and do what you want to do with it uh this isn't me telling you what to do this is me saying open your mind and be aware of what's going on i'm just going to give you a brief peek inside of what's really going on and why we're going to talk about the rising numbers uh, there are a couple of things that you have to look at when you talk about the rise in numbers. You have to talk about the testing. Well, I went to the CDC, uh, the CDC uh, site, and specifically looked up the positive test to find out what constitutes a positive test. And that's the first thing I'm going to talk to you about. 
Okay, it's a, uh, what do your results mean? If you test positive, a positive test result shows you might have antibodies from an infection with the virus that causes COVID-19, which is the coronavirus. Okay, let's understand that the coronavirus has, it comes from a line of viruses that fall under the same family. COVID-19 is the specific illnesses associated with this particular strain uh, of, this, uh, uh, of the virus within this family. However, there is, it says, however, there is a chance a positive result means that you have antibodies from an infection with the virus from the same family of viruses called coronaviruses, such as the one that causes the common cold. And what is that saying? That's saying that, uh, and we've had this, we've had this, this has been confirmed by the CDC, this has been confirmed by state health organizations, that a lot of these positives are false positives because it can't isolate out this specific strain from other coronaviruses like the common cold, H1N1, swine flu, and a bunch of other coronaviruses that all come from the same line of viruses, same family. So it's telling you, again, I read, a positive test result shows you might have antibodies from an infection with the virus that causes COVID-19. However, there's a chance a positive result means that you have antibodies from an infection with the virus from the same family of viruses called the coronavi coronaviruses, such as the one that causes the common cold. Having antibodies to the virus that causes COVID-19 might provide protection against getting infected with the virus again. So you could actually test positive and all you're getting is that the body has your body has been exposed to it at a high enough level that it has started creating antibodies in order to fight off as well as defend itself against future infection. And okay, and so that is the first part of it, is that we have to acknowledge and be honest about the fact that some of these increases are false positives. They've always been there, but there are more. Now we have to also take into consideration that initially, when we first started testing for COVID, when COVID first hit, there were a limited, limited number of tests. So a lot of people couldn't get tested. Only people who... Uh, were, were showing symptoms were advised to get testing although there were some testing centers and testing stations for the vast uh, majority of it uh, most people were being asked if you don't have the symptoms don't go get tested because we have a shortage of tests right so then what does that mean that means two things number one is not that many people were being tested so you're not going to have as many positives on the flip side of that, because you're being told if you're not symptomatic, don't get tested. Those who are getting tested are symptomatic enough to feel concerned. So they go get tested, which means you're only getting your most serious, serious cases uh, confirmed. So you're going to have a higher death rate, which still only reached about 2%, which is extremely mild for a virus that everybody's so afraid of. And I know everybody's saying, one death is too many. Absolutely. One car wreck is too many. One death from the flu is too many. One death from cancer is too many. One death from being murdered by someone in your own community is too many. People are dying every day. It's not, and my thing is, we've given the coronavirus 
uh, illnesses and deaths from that, like this prominence above everything else. We're dying from a bunch of things and we do it every day. There has never been a time in our history where we could wake up and go out and go to work and there wasn't a risk associated with it. There is not one time you can wake up and go out to the uh, grocery store anywhere and there's not some risk associated. There's a risk of accident. There's a risk of being robbed. There's a risk associated with living this life. It's just, it just is. And there are people who are at, 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 at any given moment going to die. I've buried friends over the past two years. I've got a couple of friends I absolutely love and adore who have buried children from car accidents, from murder. I mean personal people I have close. And I love them and I, I pray for them and I, I, I'm there from with them whenever I can. But I also understand in this life of reality, at some point in time, I'm leaving here. Hopefully I get to live a long life, but I don't I'll have total say-so in that. I simply do not have total say-so in that. So what am I saying? Now we see that since tests have become more readily available and more people are, you know, you know, wondering what's going on. You got a lot of people now who are asymptomatic, meaning they're not showing symptoms, no fever or anything, that are going to get tested, and a lot of them are showing the antibodies. What does that mean? That means a number of different things. If you understand immunology, if you understand genetics, you understand, and you understand uh, the evolution of viruses, you understand this, that a lot of people who are testing positive now are not actively infectious. They, they have been exposed to the virus in the past, meaning they may have had it when they weren't being tested for it, felt kind of funny, or maybe didn't feel anything at all, and then got over it, but now they're testing positive for it. But they're going in, not because they're sick, but because, hey, everybody's doing it. This stuff is going up. I want to go get checked. And so now you're testing positive for it. I'm not marginalizing. I'm telling you what I found on the CDC's site. I've read some of it to you. I'm going to read, read again to you. But what I want to get you to understand is what happens when you increase the testing. You also increase the number of cases. Now. Here's the other thing. While everybody's talking about the increased number of cases, very few people are talking about the fact that the actual death rate has dropped down to 1%. Literally a 99.99% almost. A 99% survival rate. A 99% survival rate. It's almost at 99% the survival rate. It's going down. I mean, the survival rate's going up. The death rate is dropping. Why is that happening? Again, it's simple mathematics. When you first started the testing, only people who were having symptoms were being tested. So you're getting the more serious cases of a very mild virus, relatively speaking, based off of the statistics. Yes, you're talking about a lot of people dying worldwide. But still, right now, at 500,000 deaths, you still haven't reached the total of the number of people who die from the flu every year. Every year, as far back as you can count, you're getting over half a million people die from the flu. Another 650,000 die from coronary heart disease early in life and before they actually have to. Uh, and I can go on and on and on about people and what happens around the world on the total scale. You have to put things in perspective. If you isolate anything in this world and focus on it, it will become huge. It will become frightful. It will become scary. And it will become so enormous that it shuts things down you can focus on anything and all of a sudden if you started focusing on coronary heart disease kill 630 to 650,000 people a year 
and you focused only on that and you start looking at all the things that cause coronary heart disease, you will have a shutdown in the food market. People will stop buying most of the food. Why? Because that leads to coronary heart disease. You have gyms overpacked. You have people doing all kinds of things. But why? It's not focused at coronary heart disease as a killer, the number one killer in America. The number one killer in the world, coronary heart disease, but definitely the number one killer in America is coronary heart disease. And nobody hardly talks about it. It kills more people than anything else in this country. And we don't talk about it because it's become acceptable. Nobody's running a media campaign to make you afraid of it. Why? Because it's become an entire industry. Everybody's eating off of sick people. We have to be aware of what's going on. We have to be aware of what's going on. The flu industry is a big pharma thing, major money in it. Nobody's, nobody's making a big fuss about that. The coronavirus has a politicized agenda attached to it. If it didn't have a politicized agenda attached to it, and I'm not on either side of the agenda, let me make myself clear. I'm simply aware of, through observation, that there are at least two agendas, and maybe at least three or four, but definitely two agendas. And let's look at the two politicized agendas real quickly. Oh, you have to understand this. If it wasn't politicized, you couldn't look at the numbers and see a clear distinction between states with low reports and states with high reports. Up until this last wave hit Texas and Florida, Republican states, it was down the line that the high numbers were in states that were Democratic or blue states like New York. The numbers were high there. The numbers were low in Republican uh, states. That's across the board. In other words, in my opinion, some states are over-reporting it for political uh, positioning. Some states are under-reporting it for political, position, political positioning. This is an election year. Everything that can be used will be used. But again, let's go back to this virus. When you first started, you only had people who were showing symptoms and probably in a more serious state of, the, uh, of going through the virus that were reporting it. So you will have a higher number of fatalities because you're only getting your confirmations of cases from serious cases. Now, because the tests are more readily available, and it and is more readily available. Forgive me if I'm not seeing your uh, your your contributions because I'm trying to get through this. There's so much going on. Uh, and yeah, uh, uh, Tierra, I see you though. Cancer, diabetes. There's so many different things we die from every day that are that are not getting pressed. That are actually more prevalent, especially in the black community. But I'll get into that at some other time. Here's here's it is. So you have now a tip. A situation where you can almost pull up at a bunch of different states. I think it's at least five testing stations in Houston. You can pull up, get tested, drive off, get your uh, results in about uh, 24 to 48 hours. They'll literally text you or call you and give you your test results, right? So now you got people who are curious. You know, do I have it? Even though I don't have any symptoms, I was around so-and-so. I was around this. I went out here. So they're going to get tested. And yes, you're going to have numbers go up. But guess what? A lot of these people were probably exposed to it early on in this, are no longer infectious and no longer actively suffering from the virus, but have the antibodies. They're going to test positive from it. You're going to have some of these people that are testing positive from it because of other coronaviruses that they may have come in contact with and developed antibodies, which give them an immunity to it. And so they're going to test positive as well. 
And so, but whatever you're going to have, you're going to have a bunch of people who are not actively suffering from this. And that is going to lead to a lower death rate. You get what I'm saying? Because there are a bunch of people who are never going to get sick but testing positive. The death rate, look, what it tells you is that you can be exposed to this and the chances are you're going to survive it. Now, obviously, people who have pre-existing conditions, there's going to be an issue with that. There, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, well, I know somebody that was this age and that age and they didn't have any pre-existing conditions. In this country, the truth is a bunch of us have pre-existing conditions that we aren't even aware of. A lot of us are suffering from things we don't aware of because we have actually been conditioned to ignore many of the signs and symptoms of illnesses that we don't take seriously. You're running around worrying about a virus that has a 1% kill rate. And, and, and look, I, I think it was, I forgot how many cases in, in, in the Harris County area. It was... 30-something thousand or something like that. I, I'm hoping, right? So 40-something 40, thousand, something like that. And at this point, we're approaching 20,000 recovery and 600 deaths. Now, the 600 people who passed away, my heart goes out to them and their family because that's the loss of a loved one. I'm not marginalizing death. I'm telling you people die every day. And we, we have to put the same value on the lives of people who die from other things as we're putting on those who die from COVID. Because here's the problem. More of my people are dying from coronary heart disease than COVID. Dying early. Leaving behind family members early because of heart disease. Because of poor eating habits. Because we ignore all the signs and symptoms of coronary heart disease. And I'm talking from, from experience. I just went through multiple heart attacks. Two major heart attacks in the course of a week. Four minor heart attacks leading to two major heart attacks. Had to have surgery. And for the first half of my, my, life, my adult life, I was an athlete. Everything out there you can look at said I was healthy. Now, the last 10 years, not taking care of myself, stressing over stuff I shouldn't be stressing over, sitting in front of a computer for hours on end, doing research, writing books, doing all the things that I'm passionate about and wasn't taking care of myself, ignoring all the signs that was telling me something's not right with me. But then somebody comes up and puts it on a screen and tells me, this is the boogeyman. You need to be afraid of it. But that's not what's killing me and my people. Diabe type 2 diabetes is killing me and my people. Coronary heart disease is killing me and my people. Every day, every year, as far back as you can look. Am I saying ignore the dangers or the concerns but absolutely not. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is put things in perspective so that you're not being led around by fear. Fear is a very irrational emotion that will drive you to do things and make decisions that absolutely make no sense whatsoever. So what I'm saying is you have to 
be able to go out and put in the work, do the due diligence. Yes, be aware of the numbers, but understand specifically how the numbers impact you. Because, see, I guarantee you that nobody's flashing the chances you have for having an accident on your screen every day on the way to work. But there's a risk involved. There's a one in so many chances that you're going to have an accident on the way to work. There's a one in a chance, you know, that somebody's, there's a one in so many chance somebody's going to catch you coming out of the convenience store or the gas station at night. There's a, there, 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 there are all these risks that you undertake every day just to live your life. But because the media isn't throwing it at you constantly, you're not even thinking about it. You get up and you go to work, you do what you got to do, and you come home. But if you want to be fair and you want to be in a place where you can live your life and get the most out of your life, you've got to be aware of all of these threats, not just the coronavirus. What else could be killing you? What type of environments are you putting yourself in that can increase the genetic predisposition for cancer? Did you know that it's not just carcinogens that you consume that can expose you to a higher risk of cancer? Did you know stress in and of itself can upregulate genes? I've written on this. I've spoken on this. I'm not speaking from a novel perspective. I'm speaking for something I've studied, epigenetics, the, uh, the ability to downregulate or upregulate genes by environment and experience. By the way, you think by what you go through and how you process it. The stress alone in this could actually be working against you, not only uh, predisposing you to stuff like cancer, but also predisposing you to other do you know there are childhood experiences called adverse childhood experiences that increase your risk of being sick later in life? Adverse childhood experiences like experiencing your parents break up, not having a parent, uh, experiencing death, experiencing abuse, experiencing sexual abuse. Um, and it goes on. That as few as three to four of these experiences, they each get a point in this scale. And as few as four can increase your 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 chances of uh, attempting suicide. Not just thinking about it, but attempting suicide makes you twelve times more likely to come. Uh, having a a, a, four, a, four, a score of four, which is four adverse childhood experiences. And if you grew up black, you've had four. Just, if I were to name them, I guarantee that's four and that you've experienced. So it increases your risk of um, getting diabetes. It increases your risk of obesity, becoming over even. It increases your risk of addiction. It increases your risk of suicidal ideation and suicidal attempts. And I can go on and on and on. That's environmentally, genetically upregulating disease genes. See, it takes about 12 to 14 cancer genes to be upregulated and active at the same time to cause a cancerous malignant mutation. You don't just pop up and get it. It's not as easy and coming as you think. It's a lot of things happening at the same time. It's it's the result of a perfect storm on the negative side. And so you are going through these things and you're living in these things and you don't realize it and you are actually working against yourself. My thing is educate yourself. Read. 
take the power of being able to make the best decision. If your decision says, I need to be wearing a mask when I go here, go here, and here, and I need to do this, I need to drive 35 instead of 40 here because of this. If that's what, if take the power by reading, stop letting people in the media push your buttons. You got to understand the media, mainstream media, there are roughly around 13,800 mainstream media outlets. Six people own them all. And less than 70 of them are owned by independents outside of that six that are not white. So you have these power brokers in the media, mainstream media, that have agendas, that have nothing to do with our interests because they don't relate to us. And so it's our responsibility to look at the facts and conduct the research. You cannot live in an era where you're walking around with a computer in your pocket or your purse and be ignorant. And when I say ignorant, I don't mean that in an insult or aggressive way. I mean that in the absence of knowledge that is important to you. It's all I mean when I say ignorant. When you're ignorant of something, it means you don't know. And everyone is ignorant of something. Nobody knows it all. But when it comes to how you're going to live your life, how effective you're going to be in living your life, there is a need for you to be able to have a lucid perspicacity or understanding of how things work. First of all, you need to start learning more about how the media is being used to get uh, responses and reactions out of you. It's time it gets me. You're human. You respond based off of your own experiences. So when something happens that you have an emotional relationship with, you will respond emotionally without thinking and you lose rationality, you lose reason, and you lose the ability to approach it from a strategic and intellectual position. And most of the time that means it's going to turn out bad for you. That is exactly what I'm hoping to help you get an idea of. I, again, I am not telling you to ignore COVID-19. I am not telling you to pretend it, it, it doesn't exist. I'm not telling you you shouldn't wear a mask. I'm not. What I'm telling you is your decisions need to be made, made off of information that is there for you in full and in completion and that you've evaluated and that you've made a decision on not because somebody's telling you to react a certain way by the information that they're spoon feeding you that isn't the full information now once again for the people who came in after i did this i'm going to read you what i found on the cdc site word for word without any input from me exactly what it says so what do your results mean it's talking about being tested for COVID? says, if you test positive, a positive test result shows you might have antibodies from an infection with the virus that causes COVID-19. However, there is a chance a positive result means that you have antibodies from an infection with a virus from the same family of viruses called coronaviruses, such as the one that causes the common cold. Having antibodies 
to the virus that causes COVID-19 might provide protection from getting infected with the virus again. In other words, for people who have tested positive but are asymptomatic and only have the antibodies and no symptoms and don't develop symptoms, it's actually likely that you were exposed to the coronavirus or in many instances, a virus related to uh, the coronavirus that causes COVID-19 and you have developed antibodies and those antibodies are actually working on your behalf. It, it's a part of the natural human process of immunability. It allows your immune system to fight off uh, any type of pathogens that it has come in contact with. That is the natural and the healthy way that you do it. Not through vaccines. You eat healthy. You provide all of the right things for your immune system to operate and your immune system will do unbelievable things that no vaccine can do. The very idea of vaccines is the synthetic process of what the immune system does organically. We have to understand this. I can tell you this. Uh, I made a decision some years ago that I was not going to uh, expose my children, my, my, my younger children, I had children in, in, in waves. I got children uh, in their 30s and then I've got my baby girl at six. And we decided no uh, immunization. Uh, by far to this point, she's been the healthiest. No illnesses, no hospitalizations, uh, no contracting of any major thing. At this point in stage in the time, she has had one thing around maybe close to two years old where she had uh, some chest congestion. All we did was uh, get the right foods and stuff into her mama's food because her mom was still nursing at the time into her mom's food. That went away through, through, through nursing. It went away. What am I, what, what am I saying? All I'm saying is what got me into understanding immunology in the way that I, I research it and understand it now is what led me to not having my kids uh, vaccinated. And that was I was studying uh, some some um, work in neurology. And what I found out is there was there's a large part of the uh, neuroscientist population that don't immunize their children. Well, these are neurologists. And so when I started to look into the reasons why they weren't immunizing their kids, I became interested. So I, then I started to look into the immune system. Well, if you're not getting vaccines, because like everybody else, I have been programmed the way that you protect yourself from viruses and pathogens is that you get vaccinated. And then I started to study the, immuno, uh, the immune system. And that when we treat the immune system and the body the way that God designed us to treat it, when we stop abusing it, when we stop eating foods that are unhealthy, when we stop eating foods that were never actually meant for us to be eaten, when we eat the foods we should eat, when we get the right uh, nutrients and minerals and vitamins into our body, the immune system can outperform any vaccine. But, but when you're not healthy... Because you're not eating healthy, because you're not exercising, because you're not doing the things you should naturally do, because we live in a sedentary lifestyle, we're no longer hunting for our food. We go to a store and pick it up. Now we pick up the darn phone and call them. They drop it off at the front door. So nothing we do requires any activity. All of a sudden, we're not healthy. And things that didn't even phase us 60, 100, 200 years ago are killing us now. So in that instance, we have to be concerned about it and we have to be aware of what's going on. So 
I'm going to close on this note. There is so much going on outside of um, what we're dealing with with COVID. So we need to be careful that we're not being misdirected. Again, I'm not telling you to ignore it. I'm not telling you that uh, it doesn't exist. I'm not telling you that you can't contract it. I'm not telling you you can't die for it from it. Obviously, people have died from it. What I'm telling you is that there are things out there far more dangerous that you deal with every day that you're not giving a second thought because nobody's telling you to. And you should. You should be very concerned. If you're a black person, you should be very concerned about your heart health. You should be very concerned about your your your, your glucose levels. You should be very concerned uh, about sedentary lifestyles. You should be very concerned about the impact of obesity, which is a major issue in the black community. We Those are the things we should be aware of. We should be aware of the impact of excessive drinking. Those are the things that are having a far more uh, negative impact on us than COVID ever will. And that's what I want to get home is put things in perspective, put it in perspective, gain some understanding of it. Understand that these numbers are going up. A lot of it can be explained. Some of it is that they opened up ahead of the curve. Some of it is just the increase in the number of tests being done is automatically going to increase the number of positives. Also, that by their own admission, there are a certain number of these tests that are coming back with false positives. Another way that the false positives are being produced is that it's picking up any coronavirus family, any of the viruses of the coronavirus family is picking up the antibodies and it's giving a positive for COVID-19. You have to understand all of these are being mixed in with actual COVID-19 cases. And so that's something to be aware of. Again, what should be considered as we set our mind on how much energy we're going to give this virus is the fact that the more people that are tested, the lower the death rate goes, meaning that the more people that are actually showing that they're exposed to it, the less people are actually dying. It doesn't mean that fewer people are dying. What it means is for every thousand people that are, uh, what? For every thousand people that contract it, 10 are dying. Right now, that's pretty much where it's at. 10 are dying for every thousand. And the number is steady dropping. And what that means is that it's not as lethal. And it's never been a real lethal virus, relatively speaking, in comparison to, to some other more deadlier viruses that we should fear. You know, we still have HIV. Even though we've made all this progress over the years, we still have it. And there are people still dying from it every day around the world. Uh, and untreated... And now you gotta understand, that's something once you get it, you're dealing with it forever. Even though the body builds up antibodies to it, it still is consistently attacking the immune system. It's an autoimmune uh, infection. So those are the things you have to look at. The viruses and the way they attack the body and understand some of these things. You can read it and there are a lot of lay articles out there, a lot of lay papers out there that will explain it in layman's terms, um, 
so that you can understand it and it'll explain what's exactly going on and you need to read enough of them that you get perspective from across the board because what you will do if you don't read multiple versions multiple angles you will develop you will develop what's known as a confirmation bias we tend to gravitate towards articles and information that confirm how we already feel about something that's why the stress levels are continually rising because you gravitate towards the articles and the reports that tell you that the boogeyman is real. That is something that you're doing. So you need to look at it and say, okay, Corona is real. The boogeyman is a myth. And there's a difference. Corona is not the boogeyman. We have to stop creating, uh, treating the coronavirus as the boogeyman and look at it as what, as what it is, a, a virus along the line with other coronaviruses, but also just a way that Mother Nature, the universe, creates balance and takes care of herself. And it's going to go its natural way. And the thing is, one last thing and then I'm done, you've got to understand is that You are going to, what am I, how, how am I going to say this? There, I'll just, I'll leave it for now. But definitely take care of yourself. Be aware of what's going on. Take the proper action. And then consistently move forward. That's way too much at stake right now to be distracted. On that note, I'm going to get out of here. You guys have an unbelievable time.